You're listening to the Strong Towns Podcast. Welcome to the Week Ahead podcast with Chuck and Rachel. Chuck, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good, actually. I took um, yesterday. Uh, we got home from church and uh, had this like long list of things I was planning to do uh, because I, you know, have been traveling a lot and just had this nasty headache and it just kept like wouldn't go away and wouldn't go away. And finally, I realized like I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> so I well, laid down on the couch have and intense last few days. Yeah. Travel. I took a three hour nap on Sunday afternoon. Like my whole Sunday I slept nice. away. It felt good. I feel really good now. So I think it was probably help, you know, healthy that I did that. But yeah, um, I was pretty tired. Last week was a world. It was a sprint. You know, some of these uh, travel weeks are marathons and this one was like a three day sprint. Um, yeah, so first you were in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and then hopped right over to Omaha. I don't even know how you traveled between those places. Mixture of driving and planes. Um, yeah, how yeah. did those go? Uh, the events were fantastic. I had a planning commission meeting here in Brainerd on Wednesday night. And so when that got done, I drove the four hours to Eau Claire and got in like really late. And oh, then uh, got up early the next morning. And we had packed a full day in. I had a, a morning three-hour session with uh, mostly public officials from around mm-hmm. the area, and that went really well. It, it, um, I felt yeah. like it went really well. You can always tell when people ask good questions and then stick around, um, you know, mm-hmm. like, okay, this, this resonated with people. And I thought the questions were excellent, and I thought the conversation was really good. Um, we then did uh, two 90-minute uh, walking tours okay. around downtown Eau Claire, which was, which was great. Uh, the first one was mostly with people from out of town, and then the second one was mostly from people in town. And I kind of learned a lot on the first one that allowed me to talk kind of even you know, more intelligently to the, uh, the locals as we went. And I thought they were both uh, you know, very helpful. And then we did a, a public curbside chat that was really well attended in Eau Claire that evening. And again, that one, uh, I think, I think we were supposed to finish at eight and we, mm-hmm. the library closed at nine. And I think, I mean, I didn't leave there till almost nine. It's like eight forty-five. Wow. And we were still doing Q and a and, and having conversations. So yeah, it was, it was time well spent. Um, now you said you've Min- been to Eau Claire before, right? Uh, yeah, I, I've, I have been. I've been to Eau Claire like, as a person, but not for Oh, strong not towns. for Strong Towns. Okay. No, it was it. La Crosse that I had been to before, uh, okay. which is very close to Eau Claire, but not the same thing. <laughs> I'm still learning yeah. my Wisconsin geography. And well, I, I am too. Years. I might have said I've been to Eau Claire before, but I have not uh, as a <laughs> Okay. It was La Crosse. So then so, you went um, up to Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah, I drove to uh, Minneapolis. St. Paul airport and stayed at a hotel right by there and then got up early the next morning and took a flight to Omaha, uh, was picked up by the airport in Omaha and got a, a, a tour. Um, I'd see, I've been to Omaha a few times and I've seen a lot of it, but I got to see some of the stuff I had never seen before. 
including the whole north side, which really is a massive uh, disinvestment kind of zone. I mean, it's really quite sad. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't have to be that way. But it, it opened my eyes because I, I did not realize that there was that part of, uh, of Omaha. So I'm grateful for the tour. Uh, we wound up at the University of uh, Nebraska in Omaha and did a 90-minute session with uh, like transportation officials from around the region. Okay. And it was one of those where, you know, whenever oh, I get it, you were on a panel for this one, right? No, that, that was later like in the panels. afternoon. That was okay. that was later in the afternoon. Um, no, this was uh, this was uh, like a abbreviated curbside chat. Okay. And I wasn't really sure because the, the thing about Omaha, Omaha is, you know, except for this outside, uh, the north side, which was a very you know, eye opening thing for me. Omaha is a pretty prosperous place right now. I mean, they're building a ton of stuff. They're growing. Uh, they're making tons of strategic investments. I see Ponzi scheme written all over everything they're doing, but they don't. I mean, they're it's a little bit like Kansas City where they're like in the. After being kind of left behind and out in the wilderness for a while, they're now in their like prime illusion of wealth phase. Mm -hmm. And so it's really hard, especially when you talk to professionals in those places uh, to to, you know, get our message across because, you know, that they're seeing positive results. They're doing things and they're getting positive feedback from it. So I, I was, as I went, I was kind of getting the vibe that this wasn't going so well, but then gosh, by the, when I finished and we had a good long time for conversation, the, the questions were great. And I, I feel like, I feel like our message made a big difference. Mm -hmm. Um, I then met with the bike, uh, mode shift Omaha, I call them bike shift mode shift. Mm -hmm. Um, kind of, a you know, people who are transit biking, walking advocates in Omaha. And we just had like a strategic session. Uh, you know, how do they communicate their message? Uh, where should they be focusing on? And I just helped them brainstorm some ideas. And then, yeah, we had a, a public lecture that was really well attended. I mean, they had 120 so people there. Nice. Um, yeah. And then there was a panel after that. And yes, I'm not a fan of panel conversations. <laughs> um, but you survived. Yeah, well, and I should explain why I don't like in, – in things like this when I give like an hour and a half talk, you mm -hmm. know, which was in, like an hour, 15 minutes, and then 15 minutes of questions. And then you set me on a panel with four other people. Everybody asks me questions. And I'm like, no, I'm on a panel with other people. You're supposed to ask them questions. But it's really unfair, you know, because mm -hmm. they have not got an hour and change, uh, you know, introduction the way I did. So it's always, uh, it's always kind of awkward, but fortunately, I mean, they were able to make it a pretty good panel. It was a, it was a better conversation than most. And then this week hitting up Wabash, Indiana, yeah. um, for the preserving historic places conference. That should right. be interesting. Uh, and you're yeah. talking about neighborhoods first, which is always a good topic. I think I've, uh, I've been to Indiana now. Uh, this will be, I think my well, I, I got to count South Bend, of course. So this will be my fourth time to Indiana in the last couple of years. Okay. And yeah, we're, I mean, one of our strongest local groups there uh, in Indianapolis mm -hmm. uh, is really taken off. And I, I wish I had the ability to spend more time because I would love to have had the opportunity to meet with them and, uh, and chat. But they're, they're really busy and have a lot of stuff going on. 
uh, we've got the whole Carmel conversation or Carmel conversation that we've been kind of working on. Uh, but yeah, this is going to be uh, flying in and out of, I think, Fort Wayne and then uh, over to Wabash. So it'll be fun. Yeah, this is really the height of the busy season. And then the following week is CNU. So are you, yeah. how are you holding up? You going to make Good. it to I, summer? I think I have, I think I have nine weeks in a row of travel. Yeah, so it sure looks like it. It, uh, yeah, the, the three hour nap yesterday did me some good. Then I've got to, I've got to write, right? Like I, last night I sat down yeah. to write and I'm like, I'm so tired. So I, I put off my stuff until today, but I'm, I'm done now. So you'll have uh, something to edit here uh, when we're yeah. done with this conversation. What have you been eager to write about lately? It seems like usually when you're traveling, you know, obviously you don't have nearly as much time to write, but it's not like this- you stop coming up with ideas. I have this really long list. Like I actually have just like manually started writing a list in my notebook. Cause I'm like, Oh, I got to write about this and about this. Um, actually for today, I, I forgot about the Amazon thing until we got, you know, last night I sat down to write. Mm-hmm. I spent the whole weekend thinking about this one article. So in out in Los Angeles, there's an article in the LA times, uh, the city agreed to pay a nine and a half million dollar uh, settlement in a wrongful death case. And I went and I looked up the place. Essentially, there's a beach. Uh, and on the backside of the beach, there's a parking lot. And then there's mm-hmm. a strode. And I mean a nasty four-lane strode with a center turn lane. But they have parking on both sides of the strode. And apparently, someone uh, was parked on the far side of it. And, you know, there's no pedestrian crossing. You, you just have this parking mm-hmm. area, but you have no... You know, th- there's no safe place for anyone to cross. And because of the, the strode design, you've got cars going through there really, really fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone walked across there, a 16-year-old girl walked across there and, uh, and was struck and killed. And her parents sued the city. Now, generally, cities have uh, statutory immunity. Um, they cannot be... They cannot be found liable um, if they're, you know, following their own standards and have a, a process they've used to uh, make these determinations. Um, mm-hmm. So it's there's been a couple cases now this year where essentially th- the plaintiffs have argued gross negligence, like you've not, you, you've been, you've followed your own rules, but your rules are so grossly negligent. Mm-hmm. to people not in automobiles that you're actually liable. And that's, to me, I mean, that's a legitimate case to bring. And I, I've you know, said a couple of times, I'm willing to be an expert witness for anyone who wants to bring this case because you know, I think it's a case that needs to be made. Well, here's a second one this year uh, where now millions have been paid out. And, and my hope is that uh, cities will start to realize that it's not liability from auto accidents that they need to fear. In fact, we should talk a little bit about liability. Mm-hmm. Back when I was working for a consulting engineering company, and then uh, in years since I've run into consultants working for cities, consultants are very worried about liability, and they'll often make their recommendations couched in, well, we have to do it this way or we're liable. Um, and the reality is, no. What they are most worried about is their own, <laughs> their own liability, not necessarily the city's liability. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're worried that if they uh, don't 
essentially CYA, you know, cover their own rear ends by following <laughs> some accepted industry standard that's been vetted, you know, in other places. And, and even though it's horrible and bad and kills people, everybody else does it. So you can just point to the fact that, hey, I'm following accepted industry standard. Right. That's a much safer place to be from a liability standpoint than doing something that would be safer but not necessarily covered in Ashto's guidelines for, you know, mm-hmm. highway construction. So you have this situation where liability in design has come to mean protecting the consulting engineer and the people who are designing it by having standards they can point to as opposed to liability for actually keeping people safe. And I'm, I'm just applauding the fact that this is starting to shift because it needs to shift. I was actually have been thinking about writing a piece on that same topic for a while and like collected a bunch of different references that I was planning to research. So we should, we should talk about whether we should both write those articles or can share what I've been researching. Cause I too think that legal cases are, I mean, we need to attack dangerous street design from all angles, but legal cases may be one of, one of the ways to get attention and, make change, at least in certain places. I think it might be better from your angle, not like uh, skewed with my thoughts because, (laughs) you know, I I had this long history as an engineer of doing, being in these meetings and doing these things uh, more so than as a user, you know, and I I think the thing that's valuable about your perspective is that it comes from more the user standpoint than the, uh, the designer, you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Yeah. And I think that's always like a fresh angle that, that people can relate to. Okay. I tend to get, I I tend to get a little, yeah, I tend to get like a theoretical and esoteric with it, you know, like (laughs) here's, here's the theory and here's why it doesn't work. And um, I, I, I tend to just get mad at engineers, which is probably not helpful. So what have you been reading or listening to? Oh, oh, you know what? I have the, long car trips. I have the greatest audio book I, I went into. This book is called After the Prophet, the epic story of the Shia-Sunni split in Islam. Okay. And this is a fascinating topic anyway, but the way this book is written is so, it's so good. It is, it is uh, such a compelling read. I, I, my understanding of, of Islam is, uh, you know, sadly ignorant. I, I have read a couple books about the Quran, um, which is probably more than, you know, 98% of Americans. So I'm, you know, grading on a curve, I'm probably doing okay. But I realize like I'm, I'm brutally ignorant. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've read a couple books about the Quran. One was a book about Jesus in the Quran and how Jesus is cited. Um, and then I, you know, I've read a couple books about the history of Islam, but they've been rather dry affairs. Mm-hmm. This one is not, this is, this is almost reads like a fiction novel. It is so good. It starts with essentially the death of the prophet Muhammad and it goes through his final days and, and hours mm-hmm. and the big problem with essentially like what came next. And, you know, unlike the Christian religion where Jesus uh, was killed. And then, uh, you know, you have the whole Easter resurrection story that mm-hmm. kind of was the beginning of Christianity. 
Muhammad created the Islamic faith and, and then, and then, you know, kind of at, after birthing it died. And there was this huge question of what came next. And uh, they've walked through basically like the arguments over who should succeed him as the head of this. Right. Uh, and the, the whole, uh, you, you get the sense of like people who are righteous and people who are nefarious, uh, in conflict with each other and mm -hmm. things kind of spinning out of control. And it's just like every time you think something is near resolving, it goes off the rails again. And I've just found it. I've just found it. I'm just been awestruck by this book. Like I really want to stop work and finish the last hour of it because it's been so good. So I would, cool. I would strongly recommend it. It's called after the prophet. It's by Leslie Hazelton. It's well-researched. It's very compellingly written. Mm -hmm. And uh, even if you're not interested in the topic, you will find the book itself entertaining. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Any other favorite reading or podcast listening lately? I finished that uh, the, the last week, um, which it oh, took me yeah. longer. It took me longer than the, the Holy Week, um, but I, I finished it, and it's, su it's such a good read. It's, I've, I've read it every year for the last like five years, and I always find that I get something more out of it. Uh, it's, it's for those of you, it's the last week it's by John Dominic Crossan and Marcus Borg. And it goes through this, the gospel of Mark and how Mark relates the story of, uh, essentially from Palm Sunday up until Easter Sunday and the events that happen. And they, they provide great context for it. Um, it's a very historical based novel. If you're looking for, Religion or theology, it's, it's not it. It's a very mm -hmm. uh, history-based telling. And uh, I just, I always like it. It's always kind of grounding. Um, I also finished uh, that um, Thank You for Your Service book. And, and I don't know if I said last time that I was quitting it. I think I did. Um, but I went back and finished yeah, it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I did. I had a hard time with it because it, it I think maybe it struck a little close to home. Um, it was, uh, you know, about s soldiers who had come home from uh, from from war and uh, suffered through PTSD. And I think that part is the, the part that I found difficult was just how they in their families dealt with people. And it was very, uh, you know, the stories were just gut wrenching and chaotic in the kind of in the kind of way that depression always is, you know, depression always is wake up and like, see what's going on. Um, you know, like, don't you realize a, how nice your life is B, you know, how much people love you and you, you see all these things, but yet, you know, here's a guy in the basement with a, a gun in his mouth and you just like, it's just, it's maddening. I think the, uh, I talked to my wife a little bit about it cause she was the one who had recommended it to me and, and mm -hmm. she kept bringing me back to the title of the book, which is, you know, thank you for your service. And kind of the flippant way that that is used, you know, these yeah. guys would go from place to place and, you know, this, uh, this thing for veterans and then this thing to veterans. And they were always, you know, here, thank you for your service. And then, you know, here's a bunch of paperwork to do and thank you for your service. And then, you know, here's a, you mm -hmm. know, no, no assistance for the problem you actually have. And we're very forthcoming with the thank you. 
but we're not very forthcoming with the things that uh, you know would actually help people. And I think the the brutal amount of patience that is needed uh, to uh, to help someone suffering from traumatic brain injuries and, and post traumatic stress. Mm. And I'm guilty of that too. I mean, I, I, I was, I, I was in the, you know, the national guard. I, I'm not like unsympathetic. I had a lot of friends in my unit. I mean, I got out in 99, but, uh, my unit went to Afghanistan and went to Kuwait, uh, subsequent to that. And I have a lot of friends that were in it and there is this, you know, thank you for your service. Uh, have I really ever sat around and listened to their stories a, a little bit, but probably not with the, uh, the open mind and heart that I, I should have. Hmm. Well, I think that about wraps us up for today. Um, I do want to mention that we have a Slack chat that we're going to do on Friday, this Friday at 1130 AM central with Kia and Chuck, um, leading and everyone else welcome to join, um, part of an ongoing conversation we're going to be having this week about Amazon uh, and whether that should be part of a strong town or not. So uh, Kia and Chuck will be leading that discussion Friday at 11.30 a.m. Central, and everyone and you, should join us for that. You've already listened to Thursday's podcast, right? Yes, we also have a podcast with those two discussing this topic as well. Why don't um, you yeah. – I, I said I didn't really want to talk about it today, <laughs> I don't. Um, it, for people who are interested, Kia wrote a piece that we ran this morning, and I've mm -hmm. kind of got a rebuttal piece or a, a follow-up piece, giving a different perspective that's going to be running. Uh, you know, by the time this podcast is out, it will be up on the site. Um, I, here's here's the question that I have: You are the instigator that that caused this, uh, you know, uh, back and forth to happen. Tell me yeah. what you tell me why, and then what you were hoping to get out of it. Well, Kia, pretty much from the minute Kia started working here on and off, she has mentioned things about Amazon and how she doesn't approve of them. And, you know, we as Strong Towns do style our books on Amazon, so that was part of it. She comes from a background in book publishing, so she has that perspective. Um, and I was, like, just curious to hear more. And then um, as you, Chuck, kind of responded uh, with you know, a different argument. I thought it would be good to hear both of these out. And Amazon is something that, you know, I think most of us who are listening to this podcast probably shopped on Amazon before. And it's just a part of our life. As Kia said in her article, like to go on Amazon is basically as normal as like to Google something these days. So, you know, it permeates our lives. And I was interested in hearing her kind of anti-Amazon perspective, especially, you know, it's not just her personal perspective. She, she couches it in strong towns terms. So yeah, I thought it was an interesting podcast. I think you both made really good points. Um, and our podcast audience will hear those on Thursday and get to respond to them. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad you were willing to do it, even if you're a little begrudging about it. <laughs> A little cranky about it. <laughs> well, it's clearly something she's passionate about, and I wanted to no, give it her is. outlet to talk about it. I, I respect that. Um, it's interesting because uh, I, I, I hope, I try not to be, um, you know, the, uh, I, I, I try not to be the micromanager. Like, okay, let me put it this way. I hope that, y you know, you and Kia and the rest have never felt like, uh, you have to agree with me on everything. Um, yeah, I don't think this staff would work if we all had to agree with each other on everything. No, I, I don't either. 
I don't either. But yet, I, if I'm if I'm honest with myself, there are times and like things where I'm a little bit like protective of. Okay, n- no, this is what you know. If if you're with strong downs, like you really need to buy into this. And I don't think we've crossed that line here yet. But it was very interesting to hear uh, or to read and and, and to hear from Kia uh, and the podcast. Um, some of what I think are like the core principles of strong towns, uh, taken and like discussed in a very different way. Um, Mm -hmm. not exactly the way that I would frame it. So I'll be interested to see how people react as the week goes on. Yeah. Um, I know that, uh, someone over the weekend, um, uh, I don't know if you saw on our Twitter feed at all. Someone over the weekend tweeted that, Strong, I, and I don't know who they were, and I'm not going to give them a platform anyway. Mm-hmm. They said something about Strong Towns being like the music man of urbanism. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. I, and I had to laugh. They basically have What like does that tw- even mean? I'm going to be honest. I haven't even seen the music man. So. Okay. Um, here, here's the way I interpreted that. And it was someone who has like 15 followers and like, you know. Okay. I, so I we don't care about him. <laughs> I, well, I didn't respond. I'm like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make no, this into a bigger deal it. than it is. But I think in terms of this discussion, it's basically like you're the uh, the huckster, right? Like the wolf in sheep's clothing. You, you're, okay. The music man was this guy who came to town and, and sold these people a bill of goods and didn't plan to deliver, right? Got it. Here's the way that I interpreted that. And maybe I'm wrong. You know, it's a tweet, so you can probably interpret it different ways. But here's the way I interpret it with the context of some of the other tweets the guy did in regards okay. to strong towns. Um, I think there's a certain uh, strain of urbanism that is ideologically left of center. Yes. And it's a strain of urbanism that believes that you must essentially be dogmatic about a whole bunch of liberal ideas mm-hmm. in order to, uh, you know, um, in order to have credibility. And, you know, I am more so than maybe some of the rest of you on the staff. Uh, but you know, some of our writing, uh, certainly is, um, you know, not, we're, we're, we're definitely not liberal dogmatic. I I would hope that we're not conservative or libertarian dogmatic either, but, um, we're definitely not liberal dogmatic. Uh, I, I think there's this notion that if you're, you know, if you're following strong towns, uh, you, you know, and you're, you're expecting them to come out and support this whole like progressive agenda for America, you're going to be be sorely mistaken at the end of the day. That's true. And I think that is true. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that. But it was to me like someone in that realm communicating to someone else in that realm. Hmm. And you know, this is the, I think with the, with the Amazon thing, maybe the thing that I'm uptight about is I really value a lot our, ideological diversity. I mean, I, I really value the fact that we have people from all over the ideological spectrum. Amazon's one of those like buzz things, a lot like Walmart is, mm-hmm. um, where but we've written you know, stuff against Walmart. We have, but we've always, uh, you know, we've always presented it in like purely economic terms. Like right. here's, you know, we, we never made an argument like Walmart doesn't pay enough sales tax or Walmart doesn't pay enough property tax um, as if like. Wait. Well, we have made that argument. We've said 
their value per acre is way lower than different styles of buildings. So we should. We've said they're a really bad things. investment, but yeah. we've not made the case that like property tax is a moral good and they're like immoral because they don't pay a lot. Okay, you know? I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean that's a different that's a different argument than hey you have a property tax system. Uh, approach A yields this much. Approach B yields you know ten percent of that. Why are you doing approach B? Okay, um, I see. You know, as opposed to saying someone, you know, you're you're immoral because you've evaded this this thing, which I don't find to be a moral good anyway. But that's the uh, I don't think that Kia did that, but we can agree to disagree. Well, people can go read it and uh, and we'll have a robust conversation. Definitely. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's uh, close it out for today. But, uh, yeah, look for that podcast on Thursday and join us for the Slack chat on Friday. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Thank you. Take care. We need your help. If you think the Strong Town's message is important, don't keep it to yourself. Pass it on. You can get more information and sign up to be a member of Strong Towns at strongtowns.org.